Did you know that the perfect snack exists that not only has the yum factor, because that's important, but also packs a real protein punch? I'm talking about Wonderful Pistachios, a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Now that's a snack you can feel really good about. It's hard for me to currently pick a fave because they have several flavors to choose from, including no salt and jalapeno lime options. But if I absolutely had to, I'd say I'm in my no shells, wonderful pistachios, sea salt and vinegar era. It's the ultimate snacking solution for when you need a quick, convenient and tasty boost of pistachio goodness straight out of the bag. Whether you enjoy the ritual of cracking open each nut or you lean towards the ease of no shells, Wonderful Pistachios has something for everyone. It's time to elevate your snacking game with Wonderful Pistachios. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast. My name is Bree and I'm the host of the show. I wanna thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the show this week. Um, You guys are such uh, an amazing part of the community. And if I haven't said it lately, I just wanted to let you know that I greatly appreciate you being a part of um, the BGSC family. So um, before we get into today's uh, episode, I do want to shout out that this episode uh, is brought to you by my business, waxandlather.com, where uh, I'm getting some uh, candle and home scented good goodness uh, prepared for you. For those of you that have had a chance to order your candles um, and have received them, I want to thank you so much for your report excuse me, your support, not report. Uh, and if you haven't had a chance to check out the affirmation candles over at waxandlather.com, um, why not sis? Why haven't you had a chance to go check them out? So waxandlather.com, um, affirmation candles, some other stuff is coming soon, but that's what I decided to launch with. So that's what you will find there for now. And the candles are, uh, awesome. So thank you so much for your support on that. Um, now let's go ahead and get into today's, uh, t- into today's episode and man this what I'm going to be talking about today is so it was just like a balm for my spirit uh balm b-a-l-m a A balm 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 (laughs) for my spirit it soothed my spirit um because there is so much negativity um online in in real life everywhere just there's just so much negativity that sometimes it's just like you want to just stay in bed keep your head under the covers keep your head under the blankets not come up for anything other than like food you know whatever um so to be able to 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 see what i saw this week was awesome and what i am talking about is the documentary she did that she did that and that you can find on um netflix so you can check it out on netflix i had the opportunity to watch it uh um, a few days ago and man when i tell you that i had my notebook ready to go because i knew like netflix is netflix is coming for our for our throats like they're not even playing with some of the stuff that they are um releasing or what they have released um, now everything hasn't been, you know, amazing, but a lot of the, the content that they are releasing has been amazing. Like right now I'm in the middle of, uh, what was that documentary? Like the Godfather, 
and I can't remember his name now because it's been a few days since I, I, I've started watching it and I had to pause it, um, because you know, life, but, um, yeah, they, uh, Netflix has some amazing for the culture, <laughs> like documentaries and shows, um, right now. So if you have Netflix and you have been sleeping on it, you might want to check that out, but yeah, so back to the documentary that I watched again called She Did That. And I have about five, six pages of notes in front of me. And it's scribble scrabble because I was trying to write fast and watch and pause and rewind and do all that. So um, I, I just had some takeaways and I just wanted to, to share my thoughts on on, you know, the documentary and everything, because, um, I just felt that it was important to highlight and discuss and share, you know, about this documentary because it's, it was amazing. It is amazing. So again, she did that in the documentary. Um, they had, it was, it's basically a documentary about black woman entrepreneurs. Like these women are, like they're go-getters and they're smart and they're beautiful. Like I was just captivated. Like anytime I have the opportunity to hear a black woman speak and share her story and, and just share some of her, some of her essence. I don't know. It just, and she, and she's smart and she's beautiful and she's just, she's just on fire and she's just, you know, she's just doing the damn thing. It just, it just makes me feel, it just makes me feel honestly really inspired. And it makes me f understand or feel like I'm not alone. Because I know that sometimes we feel like that. And we know rationally that we're not alone. But when you're in the creative space, or as a black woman, you're, you're out here just, just, just trying to do your very best in whatever that looks like for you, sometimes it, 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 you, you feel alone. It's, you feel lonely, especially if you don't have like community and things like that. So to get firsthand experience, um, or to be able to just watch these amazing women as they shared their stories and told us more about, uh, their backgrounds and, and their history and how they were raised and the things that they struggled against and how they were able to just rise like the Phoenix from the ashes. You know, it just, it's just dope. I, I just like it. It's just dope. So some of the people on the show, and again, um, bear with me because some of these notes are a uh, little chicken scratchish, but, um, there was Melissa Butler and, um, Lovey and Tanya Rapley and Lisa Price. Um, I'm trying to think of who else was on there. Um, Renee and, um, there was, a, there was just a lot of black girl magic, um, kind of sprinkled throughout this whole thing. Um, Nadia Lopez, the ladies from the Krabby Shack, um, Lit Brooklyn, um, they're a candle company, Radical Women. There is just a lot of black magic in this, um, in this documentary. And you got to, like I said, just kind of have a peek. They pull back the curtain of just like their thought processes and, and what they were doing and how they got there and what their struggles were and how they were able to just keep going and never give up. So, 
here are some takeaways that I had from this documentary. Again, I'm talking about the documentary. She did that and you can find it on Netflix. Um, right off the bat, they were coming for coming for you. Like they were just snatching edges just right off the bat. They were talking about how black women are creators of dope stuff that ultimately gets taken or stolen. Um, we're not credited for it. You know, the, we create things and we're ignored or we're mocked. And then a month later or a couple of days later or a few years later, you look up and it's mainstream. And it's like, how, Sway? Like, how? how where, where did that happen? But this is not anything new to us. This is not anything new to us. Um, two examples that immediately came to mind were, um, I hope I'm saying her name properly, um, is it Jalea Harmon? Now, trust me, I have never in my life tried to do this renegade dance. I barely, I don't even know the song. I just know that for the last month or two or however long, few months, anytime I, I hop up on social media and my daughter, she's like into TikTok and whatever else. Um, and so I'm hearing this song, you know, the renegade song. I couldn't tell you who, who sings it. I don't know where it comes from. I'm not, I'm not hip. Okay. In that regard. So I don't know, but I've heard that renegade song over and over and over and over. And I see these people, um, doing this dance and I honestly didn't think anything of it because I'm not really into that, but come to find out this dance unsurprisingly, uh, why? I mean, not, I'm not even shocked. <laughs> um, you know, 14 year old girl invented this dance, made it up and it went viral and that's where it came from everybody named mama was doing it but she didn't get the credit like we never it do you know how hard it is for a black woman to get credit for something that she's invented or or thought of or produced with her blood sweat and tears um it's hard so unsurprisingly you know jalea I hope I'm saying her name right. Like I said, made up this, this dance or this routine and it was snatched, never credited, never shared like, Oh, I, I got this from dot, dot, dot. You know what I mean? And a lot of these famous TikTokers and YouTubers or Instagrammers or whatever, white, you know, primarily were gaining views and, and everything else based off of her labor, her intellectual labor. And I was so glad to hear that um, finally she was getting her her credit, which is important. So I've seen her um, like she did. She did. Um, I forget. She had she's made some public appearances, but long story short, she's getting the credit that she deserves. And then the other thing that comes to mind was um, Henrietta Lacks. You know, the black woman that um, she, I'm sure you heard the story. She had cancer and unfortunately she passed away. But they had stolen the woman's sales. The uh, the Gila, H-E-L-A, I guess for Henrietta Lacks. They had sold her damn, stole her damn sales. And they've made millions, if not billions of dollars off of her. They were basically using her sales for research of like diseases, cancer, um aids for like vaccines and stuff like that but they had stolen the woman's sales again we black women if you don't know nothing else about yourself on this day i'm here to tell you that you are so amazing and like i said we are the creators of stuff i mean i don't need to go into it 
You know what we do. You know how we roll. You know, you know what we're creating and what we're capable of. And everywhere you look, we're mocked and ridiculed. And then next thing you know, it's, it's popular. It's mainstream without any regard, any credit to our struggle, any credit to, you know, where it came from, how it originated. This is not anything new. This country was founded <laughs> on just taking, taking, stealing, you know? So this is nothing new, but that's how the documentary started. And I was just like, yes, 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 and more yes. Um, they also said that we control about 1.3 million uh, businesses and we are the fastest group of growing entrepreneurs. Did you hear me? Black women are the fastest group of growing entrepreneurs. We are taking over. We are creating jobs, which is so important. We are able to lend a hand, help somebody else rise while we're rising. I cannot wait until Wax and Lather, this is a plug, waxandlather.com, get your candle today. Um, I cannot wait until Wax and Lather blows the hell up and I can have employees that I'm employing and employees that I'm employing. I, I mean, I'm just saying, I just cannot wait for that. I want to be able to reach down and be like, come on, let's go. Everybody in this group, let's go. We, we, you know, moving on up like George and Wheezy. That is like the freaking dream. That is what I want for all of us. Like just to move on up and, and, and not be, you know, at a level where we feel like we cannot continue to rise. Like where we feel like we're just stuck. We don't have resources or feel like we're, alone or we don't have enough money to to live to eat to thrive to to see our children be and have the best to leave a legacy for them to 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 to, to die and be able to leave money for them you know what i mean i just want to see that so i'm just excited that we are just out here creating businesses and and side hustles and and we're just doing things and it in we're growing and we're, we're just, we're growing. We're the largest, fastest group of growing entrepreneurs or we're the fastest group of growing entrepreneurs. And I think that's dope. Um, something else that I liked about this, um, this documentary was the fact that they went beyond the Oprah's and the Beyonce's and, and, and they, and don't get me wrong, Oprah and Beyonce, great, obviously, people that we can like be like damn she did that you know what i'm saying or she's doing that but we've heard their stories and i was glad that they that this documentary um moved past who we immediately think of you know what i mean and went for like quote unquote regular i guess if you will or everyday black women that are out there just doing these amazing, amazing things. So, um, so for example, they talked about, uh, Maggie Lena Walker, who was born to a slave parents and she was the first black woman to charter a bank. And this bank had over 50,000 members, um, when it was at its peak, over 50,000 members, um, I'm, I think she was like in her twenties when she did that, if I'm not mistaken. So that's freaking amazing. And then they talked about Clara Brown, 
this woman was phenomenal. Um, she was a community leader. She was a freaking entrepreneur. She was born a slave. Um, she owned like successful laundromats. She owned successful laundromats and she was able to like acquire housing and properties. Um, they, when I did my research, I understood that she, um, was able to acquire like these mining properties and, and, um, other things like that. And the value was like $10,000 or somewhere around $10,000 for all the stuff that she was able to acquire. That's like a million dollars today. Okay. And we're talking about someone that was born a slave and ended up like owning successful laundromats. And on top of that, I was like super impressed because she started doing this stuff like in her fifties. <laughs> so again, if you are, you know, in your thirties, your forties, your fifties, your sixties, and you have this desire, this passion to, um, go for something that you've always wanted to do. It is never too late. It's too late when you are dead. <laughs> That's probably the only time it's going to be too late. You're dead. And then it's just obviously game over. But until that time, um, you better go out there and get, you know, get what you came for. So then after that, they like talked about, like they, they took some time to, um, speak to like, there was like what, four or five, like primary, um, I guess women like Lovey and Lisa Price and, um, um, uh, Melissa Butler from the lip bar and Tanya from my fab finance and Renee, um, she has a blog in her shoes, but, um, but while they were talking to those main women, they were still, there was like these other, uh, amazing black women in their stores kind of woven or weaved, not sure which, word I should be using here, but they were like woven into like the storyline that they were telling. So they had like the primary stories, but then they had like inter other interviews of other amazing black women that were kind of talking about their struggles and, and just doing business as a black woman and, and things like that. Now, I remember Melissa and I have forgotten that I had watched now who, who's you, Melissa from the lip bar. Um, she's in target, you know, and she has all those amazing like lipstick colors. And I remember, and this was like a few years ago that she was on, um, she was on shark tank. Do you guys remember that? Like I had completely forgotten about Melissa's story. Um, <coughs> excuse me, but they talked about it in the documentary and she was on the shark tank or on shark tank and they like trashed her like, they had even like called, called her, like called her like a cockroach. Like, you know, just go back to being the cockroaches that you are or something like that. I can't remember the exact quote, but I remember I was just like, I felt gutted. That was just like one of the most disrespectful episodes of Shark Tank and they can get pretty raw and I don't have a problem with them getting raw and real, but I do have a problem when it's, they're doing it in a way to be hurtful. And they're demeaning and, and, and the way that they did it to her. There's one thing about just being a savvy business person. And then there's another thing where you are ridiculing and mocking and demeaning. Like that's completely different for me. So I was so excited that she was on there because they tried to. 
Who showed you that it was okay to aim high and go for your dreams while also just being yourself? For me, it was radio host Big Boy, Oprah, and KTLA news reporter Gail Anderson. In part, these people are the reason why this podcast specifically exists. This is the power of Black representation in media. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is more than a podcast. It's a celebration of Blackness from NPR where every voice is as distinct and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In this collection, you'll find stories of joy, resilience, and empowerment. Each episode, a living account of what it means to be Black today. From the intricate narratives of The Wire to the wisdom of Michelle Obama and the urgent call for reparations, Black Stories, Black Truths really is the truth. Space wasn't always made for our perspective, so NPR's new collection is necessary as it celebrates the richness of the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast that center Black voices. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts. My hair is kinky, it's coily, it's beautiful, it's all the things, but the dryness is real, so it's also prone to feeling parched. This is why Way's Anti-Frizz Cream is my new BFF. It not only changes frizz, but helps my hair feel more hydrated. Listen, summer is coming. We are trying to be outside, going to brunch, plus traveling, and summer activities aren't always kind to our strands, okay? So let me tell you what I do for this. I wash my hair every one to two weeks. Don't sleep on Waze Detox Shampoo, by the way, if you have hard water or buildup. I detangle. I smooth in a little of the Way Anti-Frizz Cream, then shingle in my natural gel. My hair is frizz-free, it's hydrated, and it's cute for days. Love sleek styles? Waze Anti-Frizz Cream works as a heat protectant up to 450 degrees as well. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code self-care for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com, promo code self-care. Feeling more grounded and relaxed is Black Girl Peace for me. And so I really need that while doing things like uh, tackling my to-do list or even braving this crazy LA traffic. If you know, you know. So something that helps me tap in is Recess Mood. It's a delicious sparkling water made to enhance your relaxation time and mood without any alcohol involved. So what you will get instead is real fruit, mood lifting magnesium, and stress balancing adaptogens. And again, no alcohol plus no added sugar. So I've tried all the flavors and I really, really like strawberry rose. It's like um, a little burst of peace in the middle of chaos because again, for real, navigating this Cali traffic is insane. Now, recess mood is not only my go-to for staying balanced while on the go, but it's also good for chilling at home too. It's like having a little slice of relaxation right in the palm of your hand. So next time you need a little pick-me-up without the alcohol, without the hangover, give recess mood a shot. It's been a fantastic addition to my routine. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com forward slash self-care and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Humiliate her um, or humiliate these beautiful black women. It was her and her partner um, or her creative director or something like that. Um, But God used that to their favor. And obviously now the lip bar is huge. The lip bar is huge huge and so the shark tank the shark tank tried to do one thing but they ended up 
helping her to elevate. So I was glad that that completely turned around. And yeah, I, I think that was all the notes that I had for Melissa. Um, and Melissa, her dad was in jail and her mom did it all. So I thought that was really um, insightful that she was still able to to do that being uh, raised in a single parent home. So I was glad that they highlighted her story. Um, someone else on there, it was... Um, Tanya from MyFab Finance. And what I loved about her story was she had an awesome sense of family or she had a strong sense of family. And she was saying how she was the only, like, you know, like the only one we talked, I've talked about that. You know what I'm talking about when you're like the only black girl, like in your class or, or whatever. And her mom would tell her to, to never allow someone to make you feel inferior and, um, it just, and her mom just helped prepare her for like womanhood and her, and just an ex experience as a black woman. And she just grew up to be like super confident. And what was also another good takeaway was the fact that Tanya, from what I understand or what she shared, she was talking about her ex, her ex. I don't know if it was her, ex, I think it was her ex-boyfriend. And, um, she just got really real with it. And she was just like, she addressed her ex as her abuser. And that was so real for me because she didn't like attempt to sugarcoat it um, or excuse it. She was just straight up. She was like, you know, my abuser did X, Y, Z. And I felt like when she said that, she was like honoring herself um, by calling him exactly what he was. He was manipulative and he was a, an, an abusive person. And also what I liked was, um, so I guess I'm trying to remember the story. She ended up in Miami and, um, I'm sorry, I'm just giving away all these spoilers. <laughs> I still want you guys to watch it though. So please watch it. But, um, she, I think she said she was in her early 20s and I forget where she originated from, but I think she said she ended up in Miami and she was trying to, you know, live a certain lifestyle. So she was like using her credit cards to buy, I'm assuming clothes and, or maybe eating out, you know, just using up her credit cards as, you know, when we're young in our 20s, we do stuff you know, we do stuff. So she was just trying to, trying to live a certain lifestyle. And I think she said that he was like, stealing from her and using her credit cards to do things and, and stuff like that. And I think she said that he, I, I, I can't remember if she said that he had like physically abused her that I can't recall, but you'll, when you watch it, you'll see, but she ended up calling her mom. And this was like, so like major for me. This was a huge takeaway. She called her mom and was like, I want to come back home or whatever. And her mom was like, okay. You know, it wasn't like her mom was like, well, you know, you made a mistake. And I told you that you shouldn't have went out there in the first place. And you know, you trying to be grown and blah, 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 blah. And you know, I mean, maybe she did. And maybe, um, Tanya didn't share that part of the story, but I don't get the impression that that was the conversation um, that was had, you know, it was like her mom was just like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Her mom like helped her out of that situation. And when you have a supportive parent like that, that doesn't like take your mistake and just like throw it back in your face. <laughs> I think that is like crucial, um, to our well being. And Tanya was able to take, you know, 
take take her experience with her abuser um, and elevate herself because that's when she started like blogging and talking about how she was getting out of debt and, and all that. So um, he stole from her in her relationship, but um, and he killed her finances, um, but that all led to fab finance. So I thought that was amazing. I'm trying to remember who else's story um, really stood out to me. I mean, they all honestly stood out to me. I know Lisa from Carol's Daughter, she talked about how everybody was just like on her about selling, what is it, Um, Carol's Daughter. So um, she talked about that and her experience um, as an entrepreneur. Lovey was talking about um, just her background. I think she was from Nigeria. And just like this culture shock because she um, came from one type of environment. She came to, I forget what state they moved to, but she was just like, what the hell? (laughs) It was just like, it was like a culture shock. Like, because she was used to living one way and then then next thing you know, they moved and she was just like, what the hell? So, um, yeah, there was just like all these wonderful stories like woven throughout um, in the doc. And I just really, 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 I just felt so excited to be able to watch. Um, I'm trying to think of what else they were saying. Um, there was one part where they were talking about how we're financing our own dreams out of necessity because banks ain't trying to, to, uh, give us a hand up and, um, help us fund our dreams and help us fund our businesses like it's just not happening so we were bootstrapping and and robbing peter to pay paul and doing whatever we need to do working two and three jobs saving money um to finance our dreams to finance our businesses and i think that ultimately that's probably a good thing for the most part because then we're not well we're not in debt as far as like paying these banks back at these high interest rates and, and things like that. I mean, either way you cut it, I know it's super stressful and you're just not sure if you're able, even able, if, if you're even going to be able to, um, finance your dream and, and get your business off the ground and get the things that you need. But, um, you know, black women, we're resourceful, baby. Let me tell you, we will make it work. <laughs> okay. Tell me one black woman that you know of that wasn't able to make it do what it do. I'll wait. Okay. I didn't think so. Um, but all seriousness, you know, all joking aside, like we are just, we just, we are resourceful and we will not stop until we get what we came for, came for, excuse me. Um, we're going after our goals. Um, because we ain't, we ain't trying to be about that nine to five life. Like I quit my job in September, as you know, and listen, I'm trying my damnedest to, um, not ever, 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 ever go back into a nine to five situation. Now, will I, if I need to damn Skippy, I absolutely will. Um, but I am just like, God, I just, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm cut out for that. Like I've been there. I've done that over 20 years and a nine to five environment is just like, 
it just ain't for me. And and they were even saying that, you know, when you're in that type of environment, it's like you have to be on alert and, um, you know, with the code switching and looking over your shoulder and making sure you act a certain way and say a certain thing and do a certain thing. It's like these jobs are stressful as hell. Okay. Maybe it's just me, but these jobs where we got to jump through all these damn hoops is stressful as hell. And a lot of times we tend to neglect, you know, our self-care. So that was something that they talked about too. Um, but it's not that, it's, and this is not to say that being in business for yourself or being a creative ain't hard because it is a lot of times, um, but it's just different. You know, it's different when it's yours. And if you are in a place where you're trying to build a nine to, build a nine to five, you're in a place where you're trying to build a business or, you know, whatever it is you're trying to do and you're still a nine to five, you know, do the best you can work the hell out of that nine to five, stack your coins, fund that business. You know what I'm saying? So you can get it launched so you can get it started. May take you a year, may take you two years. It may take you five years. Um, but if you want it, you can go get it. You can have it. It's yours. Um, something else they talked about. Oh, racial bias racial bias. Um, and they were saying, which we already knew that studies, you know, had proven that we don't get the same level of care as like our, our, um, like our counterparts or like white patients, I should say, like, we don't get that level of care. I remember when I was in the hospital, I, I, there, my nurse was black. Okay. My nurse was black. Um, I don't think she was from the U S I'm not sure what part of Africa she was from, but she wasn't from the U.S., like uh, born and raised. I could tell that. But even she was just like telling me that I was just doing the most because I was in pain. Now, I don't know where she got that from. And I don't even honestly feel, I mean, I was in labor, okay? It was a baby come out of my vagina and it hurt. So, you know, I don't know what she wanted me to do, I guess, to lie still and just pretend that I was not in pain. I I, honestly, I don't know. I'm not sure where she got that from, but it's like black women just as a whole, we are just, we're just supposed to have this quiet strength. And I guess apparently we don't feel pain the same way that other people feel pain. You know, if someone cuts off a white person's finger, they're going to scream and cry and yell and pass out and bleed. But I guess using that same example, if someone cuts a black person's finger off, we're just supposed to be uh, like, okay, yeah, that's cool, bro. That hurt. But, um, I'm gonna go ahead and get back to work because I got bills to pay. Like black people are not allowed to feel pain and we are not, you know, allowed to to just have the same type of experience that other people are allowed to have. Like, um, I guess because we're black people think, you know, we're fine. It's not, it's not bad. You know, oh, they'll be okay. Or when we tell them something is painful, it's like it's downplayed or we don't know what we're talking about. Right. Or we can handle it because, you know, like I said before, we're, we're strong, hearty people, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sick of that. I'm sorry. I'm just tired of that. I'm telling you, I'm so tired of that. I actually, um, 
was it today or was it yesterday? My days are kind of melding one into another, but um, what the heck was it? It was like, um, oh shoot, I lost my train of thought. If I remember, I'll come back to it. It had something to do with Aunt Jemima, but I can't remember. I can't remember what it was um, and just how black women are treated. Oh, well, you know, the whole like s slave days, we were, we were just supposed to smile and, and love it because we weren't human and we're still not wholly seen as human. You know what I mean? Black women were whipped and raped and abused and, and damn near dragged to death and other things. And we're supposed to just put a smile on their face and, and act like, you know, we're living, living, we were living our best life. So, so yeah, and that's just carrying over from year to year. It's just, it's just, it's just carrying over. Like, it's just that racial, racial bias is just, it's still with us. It's still prevalent. It's still, um, an aggression. And for anyone that says that's not true, they are, they don't know what the hell they're talking about, or they do know what they're talking about and they just want to pretend that they don't see it. Um, the last thing that I, I gleaned from the She Did That doc on Netflix was that if it's hard, um, if you don't have a strong support system of like friends and family and community and sisterhood, like it's just, can you do it by yourself? Of course you can. I think you can, but it's going to be so much harder, so much harder if you don't have like that, that strong sense of community and, and family and sisterhood. And, um, I think that when we put our resources together and support like-minded women, it, it helps all of us. That's what they were talking about. It helps, it helps all of us. And I think I mentioned that just before, like, when you start a business, you're able to, or when you buy from like a black woman, you're, you're, you're helping to feed her family. You're her, you're helping, excuse me, her kids, you know, go see the doctor. You're helping them have lunch for the week. You're helping them get that college fund set up. You're helping to keep the lights on. You're helping to keep a roof over their head. Like you're just, it, it, you're helping when you buy from a black woman owned business, you are helping. So it's like, be sure to like, if you're not supporting black owned businesses, maybe check out a few and, and support, or if you are doing so already continue to do so, because I can guarantee you that the person or the business that you're buying from man, oh man, whenever they get an order, it just, I'm assuming it makes their day. Cause I know it does for me. It makes their day. Um, and if you don't have a strong support system, cause I know a lot of us don't, but if you don't have a strong support system, um, I would say just join one or create one. There is nothing stopping you from creating a community, um, of like-minded women that you guys can like uplift each other and support each other and, and band together and do things together and, and just rise together. You know what I'm saying? Cause that's what it's all about. And there's a ton of groups on Facebook. Um, one that instantly comes to mind is, uh, is it girl Trek? I think it's called girl Trek. 
Um, and they're doing some amazing things at Girl Trek. If I'm not mistaken, that's the name. Ah, um, but there's a lot of groups or there's a lot of online resources and, and communities and things like that. You can find community for pretty much anything these days um, from plants. Like if you like plants or clean living or if you're like a little nerdy or you like cosplay or um, things like that, like there's communities. If you look online, you you will find a sisterhood. You will find a community that you will fit into and they will support you because that's what we do. That's what we do. So, um, so yeah, again, those are my takeaways from, um, from she did that, the documentary on Netflix. Um, I really enjoyed it. I'm so glad that they interviewed the women that they interviewed. I'm so glad that they produced this amazing piece of work. I really, really hope that they do another one with other black women entrepreneurs. That would be so dope. Like if it was like a series, I mean, I don't know if they could do like a limited edition series or something. I would watch every episode. I would, because when I tell you, I just felt so inspired after I watched that. I just felt, I felt like I could keep going. I felt like I didn't have to give up. I felt like I was being supported and it wasn't nobody in the house, but me <laughs> sitting on the couch. Um, but I just felt represented and that's what we, we need more of. There's already enough negative stuff going on in the world. We need more of that good stuff that's going to just keep keep elevating us. So, so yeah. So, those are my takeaways um, from the documentary. And I hope you get a chance to check it out. It is, again, on Netflix. And I think that's it for this episode. I want to thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to reach me, um, you can email me at connect at browngirlselfcare.com. That's connect at browngirlselfcare.com. And by the way, if you like this episode and um, you just enjoy the Brown Girl Self Care podcast, just in general, please, pretty please with a cherry on top, make sure to leave a five-star um, rating and review on iTunes if that is the platform you are listening to, uh, to this podcast on. So that's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. I will see you next Monday with another episode of the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast. Have an amazing week.